sleepy a little um you know I've been limping around uh from my since my procedure and um it's given me a whole new appreciation for just you know people who struggle to get from point a to point b okay yeah yeah it's it takes a lot more energy a lot more focus um and so, yeah, I'm I'm a little a little tired. Every every day has been like this. At the end of the day, all the usual walking that I do is just takes exponentially more effort. Hmm. Hmm. But other than that, I'm good. I'm Andrea. Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is. Wait, Wait tell, tell me, me everything. everything. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get the timing on that down just right. What are these days? Yeah, one day. One day. Yeah, well, I'm feeling good. Um, I think I've had, like, different hair pretty much every day this week. Oh, uh, that's <laughs> I feel like that count that as a win. Yes, and everyone has been just, you know, commenting, like, oh, my God, I love it. So, yeah, just having a little fun with the hair. Yeah, it's been nice. good. Mm-hmm. That's good. I feel like hair makes all the difference. It does. I, for one, am looking forward to my hair appointment tomorrow because I had to skip my weekly hair appointment last week. (gasps) So I know. So my usual weekly is this time around a bi-weekly, and my scalp is not happy with me. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I am dreaming of uh, that wash bowl tomorrow morning. That sounds good. Uh huh. Yes. So, um, I've got some news items. Okay. Yeah. Tell you about what's going on. Um, I'm going to start close to home. Okay. Um, so it's been in the news, and um, you know, there's it's always drama when it rains in Southern California. Um, yes. And even though it does not never rain, uh, Mm -hmm. but it seldom rains. And so when it does, we're just not ready for it. And I, um, it's really unfortunate. Um, the, um, we had a a good amount of rain Monday and Tuesday of this week. Mm -hmm. And that caused, um, some major, uh, massive mud flows, uh, mudslides, uh, all over Southern mm-hmm. California, especially in Santa Barbara County. And they're saying that right now, as of this afternoon, this is Thursday's news article coming out of um, Santa Barbara um, in the LA Times this morning, there's 43 people that are still missing. What? And, yeah, wow. 43 people who are unaccounted for. And... Um, and the dead include four children. 
Um, Yeah, so it's been really um, awful. And apparently it's the double whammy of... We, you know, as as some of, as many of our listeners will be aware, we had the wildfires. Um, right, that were horrible. That were horrible, and that was just just a couple of weeks ago, right before the Christmas holidays. Uh, so, we, uh, and they basically set the fires uh, and the debris that was left from that, and kind of just. Um, the the way that the landscaping was changed as a result of all that burning um, made it so that the rain um, had just the perfect setting to for like enormous mudslides mm-hmm. and so it's really just unbelievable um, the mudslide killed at least seventeen people so far oh my this, gosh yeah um, and I I mean it's I feel like it's um, it's just unimaginable. I feel like, you know, you think of, um, you know, we looked at, you know, all over the course of last year, you know, hurricanes and, um, you know, floods that, that are caused by hurricanes. And you can, even though it's not really imaginable and that until you live through something, you can't really imagine what it's like, but you can kind of like see how a flood happens, how the waters rise. And obviously that's a right. huge problem. But with a mudslide, it's almost like, wait, what? Like, it's literally like a tidal wave of mud. Um, and so it's so much worse than a flood in, in some ways because you can't, it's heavy and yeah. it um, traps people in a way that, you know, uh, you know, just water on, on its own without mud um, is not able to do. So the death, uh, the cause of death for each of the victims according to the county coroner, is listed as multiple traumatic injuries due to flash flood with mudslides due to recent wildfire. So they basically, like, tracked it all the way back to the to the wildfires wow. in terms of the, the cause. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, because I'm, like, you know, living in Los Angeles, you know, wildfires happen, and we expect them. Sure. We know they're happening. Um, mudslides happen quite frequently but uh-huh. you know i've noticed it's just like the wildfires this you know past year and the mudslides are just like kind of exponentially worse than you know like they usually are like they're uh-huh. yeah i don't recall like you know ever this many people being affected and the number of deaths in you know in the past so oh my god yeah now it's just it's so tragic now, there were a lot of people that were able to be rescued. Hundreds of people were, mm-hmm. who were trapped but not injured in the slides. Um, helicopters were coming to rescue people out of places like canyons where it was difficult to get out, and they were taken to safety. And um, So a lot of rescues happened throughout Wednesday of this week. Um, but there's some areas where they weren't able to get to yet. So there's, there's, ho- there's kind of a hope that for the 43 that are still unaccounted for that maybe that they are in these places where they have not yet been able to reach so that was going to be an ongoing effort throughout mm-hmm. today to continue to try to you know reach those places that had not um been um been reached yet and um but just lots of just sad stories uh there was um mm-hmm. one um husband and wife um and two children 
Um, mm-hmm. Their house was leveled. Um, and the husband and the older son were rescued and were hospitalized. But the wife and the nine-year-old son remain missing and are feared dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and several other stories like that of literally people's homes and the families kind of being split in half because the mud just kind of comes out of nowhere, takes the house away. I was just looking at footage uh, from NBC, um, NBC LA, and they have, the firefighters are finding whole cars that are showing up on the the beach, on the shoreline, Mm -hmm. that the mud, like the mud picked up the cars carried them from wherever all the way to the beach so it's just um it's really bad um the 101 freeway which is um as as you know um and anyone who lives in southern california knows that the 101 freeway connects us in la to santa barbara um there's a big washed out part that's a big 30 mile stretch of it that's been completely closed down because it's been washed out by mudslides wow um and um, um, over there's been at least uh, 60 single family residencies that were destroyed in Montecito, which is like the nicest oh, part my of. Oh gosh! Wow. Yeah, the nicest part of uh, Santa Barbara, and yeah, so it's been really devastating. So I just, um, mm. uh, you know, I don't know how I'm. You know, I know that it's getting national coverage, but these sort of. Um, these these stories of people being separated from their loved ones and and even you know up up through tonight you know still not necessarily knowing whether they're dead or alive um, is something that I thought I just wanted to highlight and just let's just keep um, the you know first responders in our prayers and these families those Absolutely. who you know those who have lost loved ones and those who um, um, who are still holding out hope that mm. you know maybe they're their uh their their people are okay and just haven't been found yet but um i i just i I was really just taken aback by how bad it is and um you know i think of mudslides typically as more so as property damage which in and of Mm -hmm. itself is awful like if your house is filled with mud, but you can relate replace your house right yeah exactly so i typically think of it in those terms and um, so this loss of life, um, this, this huge loss of life just seems, um, mm. yeah, just, just very devastating. So, um, so, yeah, so that's what's happening here in Southern California. Okay. Um, so that was one little news story. And then this, um, this other one, this caught my eye, too. Um, out of the Chicago Tribune today, there's an article by Annie Sweeney and Ariana Figueroa, and the headline says, 75 women have been strangled or smothered in Chicago since 2001, and most of their killers got away. Hmm. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> 75? Like, that's, that's a really devastating number, and they're all strangulations. And hmm. so my immediate, like reaction was just like you know is it all the same you know is it like serial, a ser- killer. serial killer or something so that's what led me to reading the article because I thought that just seems like an inordinate amount of um of strangulations and uh so it's interesting like basically the Chicago Tribune uh set out 
to investigate all these unsolved strangulations on the south and west sides of Chicago. Um, and the police are saying that they haven't uncovered any evidence of a serial killer at work. They talked a little bit in the article. It's a, it's a long article, so I'm not going to go over all of it. But it, they basically mm-hmm. say, you know, the police don't believe that it's a serial killer. They put, you know, where they have, you know, DNA evidence that's it's been placed in CODIS, which is, you know, the national yeah, registry. Uh, registry for, you know, offenders of all sorts. And they're not finding matches. Um but there's also a sense, at least from the Tribune's perspective, there seems to be a sense that some of these are not being thoroughly investigated because of the um, type of women that um, are, are that are have typically been the victims, and so most many right. of them are women who struggle with drugs or with prostitution, so they're particularly vulnerable to predators on the street. Right. Um, there's some of them who had no arrest records at all. Uh, but the, the statistics on it is, is really pretty, um, pretty bad. Um, they, you have um, 50. So of the 75, there's 25 of them that have been um, arrested and made. So about a third of them. Okay. And which leaves still leaves 50 murders. Um, and what they're saying is, well, if there, if it isn't a serial killer, then there's, there's possibly 50 murders that have gotten away with their crime. Right. right. Um, I don't know what's so, more like alarming. I think, yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. So I was like, I do what, would I rather it be a serial killer? <laughs> like that? It's just one one person or like, you know, that's responsible for the majority of this, or do I really want to believe that there's 50, uh, you know, up, up to 50 people out there who may have committed, you know, um, right. separate acts. Um, so, and they've, you know, so it's 50 people who used either belts, bras, ropes, packing tape, or their bare hands to kill these women and 50 mm-hmm. families that are still looking for justice for a mother, a sister, or a daughter. <sighs> um, so just awful. And um, one of the other, um, you know, one of the other interesting facets of this is of those 50, 27 of these slayings happened in three police districts, the West, the South, and the Far South sides of Chicago, which are all long marked by violence and drug use, you know. So, um, so you again, you have just um, particular communities that are being affected by it. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that they said um, the, all the women ranged in age from 18 to 58, and most of them were African-American. Mm-hmm. Um, so a pretty large age range. So I can see why it doesn't seem like there's like an MO per se. Right. Um, but um, it, they are primarily prostitutes. At least 47 of the women um, had histories of prostitution. And, um, you know, that's, that's huge, you know, because, you know, they're like, they, they choose this high risk, um, uh you know, kind of activity. So, you know, this is one of the risks factors involved in kind of participating in this, but, you know, still like it's their lives. You don't know what led them to that. And, you know, 
they deserve as much respect in terms of finding out what happened to them as anyone else. So this is just, ugh. It's awful. And I think the the state attorney, Kim Fox, um, in a recent interview, I think she said it best. She said, um, if we knew there was someone picking off children on their way to school, I think the fierce urgency of trying to figure out who would require, who uh, figure out who would require us to have a task force. That is not the level of urgency we have with these women. And I think that's just so true. You know, it's like, yeah. Yeah, if like if you know if there were seventy five children that had gone missing, or should, mm. you know, or or you know were found dead in the course of the same amount of time, then a task force would be in place, and that's one of the things that they seem to be debating, um, because back in the late nineties and early two thousands, there were dozens of bodies of women being found again, um, and there was about that at that time. Um, they were able to put a task force together that solved the slayings of 40 women. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the, da- the task force was kind of like slowly disbanded after that. And so now mm-hmm. there seems to be some debate amongst officials in Chicago as to like whether or not this, ta- this so- same sort of task force should be put back in place. And I just feel like, well, why wouldn't you like, you know, like you, I mean, you have, it seems like similar, if not worse at the time they were looking, um, well, at least they, I don't know how many they were looking at, but they said they solved 40. I don't know 40 out of how many, um, but you know that you have 50 at least right now that are not accounted for that are still unresolved. Mm. Um, so it's, um, it's really disconcerting to see this type of injustice, like you said, for women who are, regardless of what their situation is, regardless of whether, you know, um, you know, and most of these women, the thing is, most of these women who are um, participating in prostitution are oftentimes doing it uh, as a result of sex trafficking, as a result of, you know, being, uh, uh, addicted to yeah a lot of times it's very like situational it's not like a profession for them right it's kind of a means of survival or yeah this isn't the whole like oh i'm a sex worker who chooses to be an escort like that's not what we're talking about here right Uh, and so um so you know regardless of and again regardless of how they arrived at um this walk of life uh, they're citizens of Chicago. They're, you know, they're, um, they're people, they're human they're, beings, they're human beings that, that, you know, in terms of, you know, law enforcement should have the same amount of concern for these deaths as they would for any other murder investigation. Um, and should find who the culprits are. And these, these, um, you know, it's likely men, um, who have taken these women's lives, uh, need to be held accountable for what they've done. And, you know, <sighs> the, the story goes into uh, several, at least three uh, of the women and, you know, uh, talking to their families and interviewing, you know, moms and cousins and, um, <sighs> and people who knew them and how, you know, they, you know, they just want answers. And so, um, again, all of them, um, as you said, human beings, citizens of that their city, uh, who should be protected under the law, and so, just really sad. So I just I was really glad to 
in in the sense that the Chicago Tribune really seems to kind of this it's a it's at least um a, like a 15 page <laughs> when you print it out um article um and an exposé on mm-hmm. these women's lives that have been taken and the degree to which there's a sense that the um Chicago uh, PD has not done its due diligence in terms of really trying to investigate and find out uh, who who did this or who who if whether that who is singular or plural like this whatever it is just finding them out so um, so yeah so just something to I think always just to be aware of and I'm glad you know kudos to the Chicago Tribune for bringing it to light and and spotlighting Mm -hmm. something that was clearly you know no one was really paying any attention to so I'm trying to think is yeah is that the paper that um the writer did the expose on R Kelly I th- want to say it's the same paper uh, but they're like very if it is like they're very good if these like you know very in-depth you know exposes I could think it is I need to go double check that but I'm not going to do that right now so whatever okay <laughs> <laughs> all right I'm going to hold you to it yeah I'll figure out next time uh, <laughs> Next Very good. Week. Yeah. So yeah. So those are my two newsworthy pieces. I know they're not happy uh, um, items, but I just they, they both of those really you know were on my mind and caught my attention this week, and uh, you know mm. just things things to think about. Okay. Yeah. So my things. Well, this will you know puts my like viral thing. I personally was annoyed by it. <laughs> that's because okay. of one of the participants is someone I just another person on my list of nope um but <laughs> um yeah you know in comparison to what you're talking about you know this is nothing um so one of my least favorite people in entertainment has is was a subject of a little bit of controversy um, on Twitter and Instagram, okay. one um, Lena Dunham. Ah, uh, yeah, God. I know. Ugh. So it was um, a kind of a viral thing between her and Tessa Thompson. I don't know if you um, know who Tessa Thompson is, African American oh. actress. She was in Creed. Um, she was in Dear White People the movie. She was in Selma. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So she's kind of been um, in a lot of, you know, good movies. I think she's in mm-hmm. the Thor movie and some other movies. So, um, you know, great young actress. And so um, it all started with, um, well, it's the whole Time's Up initiative. So, you know, most people have heard about it, you know, mm-hmm. a lot more recently because at the Golden Globes, you know, they're... Um, do trying to do a few key things with this move with this initiative. One is to um, raise mo- to have a legal defense fund uh-huh. and raise money for to help less privileged women uh-huh. um, with lawsuits and protect themselves from sexual misconduct and retaliation. So they've already raised like thirteen million dollars. Wow! Um, just for yeah, like just for this legal, and I'm sure it's much greater now than like four days ago when I, you know, kind of saw this, um, sure. their legal defense fund. So it's a bunch of, you know, people in entertainment, 
um, actresses, producers, and whatnot who, you know, kind of started this. Uh Um, And, you know, their other key thing was having the encouraging celebrities on the Golden Globes red carpet uh, to wear black so that they can raise awareness. So that was, um, you know, two of their things. So anyway, it surrounded that movement. Tessa Thompson was one of the people involved in the organizing and whatnot. Um, Lena Dunham um, posted an Instagram picture of her with organizers of the Times Up movement with the following caption. Humble to stand alongside these amazing women and say hashtag Times Up on systematic oppression, underrepresentation, discrimination, abuse, and violence in all industries. So... First of all, I was like, ugh, how dare you? Especially, you know, after some of the, you know, things she um, mentioned in her book about her abuse of her sister. Right. And then most recently defending an alleged rapist, just, you know, who was a writer on her show, Uh just because she knew him for five years and said he's not that... I'm not vouching for nobody I've known for five years, you know, like not even 20 years saying like, oh, I know you, he was not capable of doing that. You don't live with him. You're not with him. You know, anyway, I know right. on and on about that. So, yeah. you know, so for her doing that and um, basically saying that um, Aurora Pirino was a liar, you know, I was like, how right. can you be, do that? And then, you know, on the other hand, talk about, you know, all this other stuff. So it was just annoying to me, like yes. her whole statement. So Tessa Thompson posted the same picture, identical photo on her Instagram page. And her commenters um, on her, uh, her followers started to call out Dunham's presence. Uh-huh. So one of them was even commented, why is Lena Dunham there? She's part of the problem. No thank you to Time's Up. So people were like not here for it, not having it, and we're responding on um, Tessa Thompson's um, um, post on Instagram. And so Thompson um, responded to one of the comments, to the commenters, basically kind of with like, basically, um, I'm not here for it. So her (laughs) response has since been deleted, but... um, Her response at that time was, Lena was not anywhere present in our group during the countless hours of work for the last two months. We hosted an open house for actresses for red carpet messaging, and Lena's presence was a surprise to us all. This is a time of (laughs) reckoning. Mm. This is a time of reckoning and for many a re-education. So many women also have real work to do. I'm afraid it's too nuanced a conversation to have on this platform, but I hear you and know that your thoughts and words are not lost on me. It's been discussed. So. Oh, it's been discussed. Yeah. That's weighty. I like it. Yeah. So, yeah, she, this commenter wasn't the only one going, where the hell she come from? So the right. women... <laughs> she just go. How you just go sidle into the picture like right? Step, like you've been step, here. Sidestep right. Uh uh-uh. uh Okay, so since that point, there's been some other. You know, Lena Dunham um, issued a statement, 
that said, I was honored to be invited to the meeting by a close friend and to observe the work that these amazing women have been doing in the past months. For highly personal reasons, I've been unable to join previous efforts, but being asked to be a part of this celebratory moment was truly beautiful. I've worked with Tessa and respect her artistry and admire her consistent candor. So that's what she said. And again, like Thompson deleted her comment and she also um, went on Twitter with this to clarify apparently her initial comments. She was like, I in no way want to diminish Lena Dunham and her work, her voice and her importance. We have spoken and she knows my heart. So I'm just kind of like, I don't, you know, like, I'm kind of, uh, uh, I can't stand Nene either, but one of my favorite things to say is, I said what I said. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, I kind of like feel a little way that she kind of backpedaled a little bit, and I feel it's kind of because of who Lena Dunham is, and like, you know, she's had some medical issues recently, so I don't know if it has something to do with that, or because Uh she's still getting backlash from her other comments, and people didn't really want her around. Like, I don't know. Why? So people started calling Tessa out for like, why are you apologizing? Like, you know, that's, you know, what? why are you apologizing? Like, that's not cool. And so she responded, it was the final statement, apparently, that I saw, uh-huh. was this was not meant as an apology as much as an attempt to recenter the conversation around the work. The truth remains, many women, particularly women of color, don't feel safe and seen to those women like Aurora Pirino, I see you. I am with you. This must be clear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, it's, I think it's just, um, yeah, I, I, it's hard because, you know, I do feel like there's always some, some level of pressure with certain, you know, people who are considered whatever caliber of whatever mm-hmm. that like, you know, like they're not to be called out. Um, I mean, it's a, it's similar to the whole, like now you saw, um, the whole hashtag she knew with regard to Meryl Streep. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's very, like, it, to me, it echoes that, like, cause that got shut down quick. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was literally like a 24 hour thing and it was like, no, no, you don't come from Miss Streep. You know, <laughs> but I'm like, well, you know, are we, are y'all doing this or not? You know, like, let's, let's be, because to me, it reminds me of, okay, the whole sex scandal with the priests that, you know, the whole end, you know, and out of beginning with the speaking of exposés in Boston, right? Mm-hmm. And the whole, uh, I thought that the movie Spotlight did such a great job of, of capturing the story and how part of the issue was this isn't just about abusive priests. It's about an entire community of people that had to be complicit mm-hmm. in order to, for them to get away with this. The police had to look the other way. Teachers had to look the other way. Parents had to look the other way. And so mm-hmm. there's the enough- newspaper, like the people the, like knew the right. story and wouldn't print it. Right. The media had to look away like everybody in the literally like you, this whole idea of like it takes a village or whatever, like literally the, everybody in the village, everyone in the community had to look the other way, not address things or whatever in order for those priests to have gotten away with the level of 
atrocities that they got away with and the amount of time, the decades over which they were able to get away with it. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly the same thing. And if we're not willing to say, you know, with this sexual misconduct and sexual abuse in all walks of life, not just Hollywood, just corporate, regular people, just women working anywhere where you don't feel safe or you're made to feel unsafe for whatever reason, um, it takes everybody, it takes other guys who aren't participating in the abuse, but who don't call out their boy for being a jerk, you know, like all the, it takes everybody and other women too, who like, you know, sweep it under the rug or who go ahead and use the casting couch and then don't, you know, and then, you know, pretend like that never happened once they get to wherever they're trying to go, you know? So I just, it, it, it bothers me that there's this, oh, we're doing this. This is a movement, you know, we're gonna, everything's changing and this is a, a revolution and all of this, but not if there's still some sacred cows that you can't come after. Right. And I don't, again, I'll never, I watch girls, I did from beginning to end. It was kind of hate watching or whatever, but I don't understand the love affair with her and how, uh-uh. yeah, like she doesn't, she gets a pass for all of the time she puts her foot in her mouth from that, you know, situation, inserting herself in that situation. Um, the last, you know, situation with one of the her writers on the show or whatever, you know, whether it's her sister or the whole issue with Odell Beckham, like uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. saying things that like you know, no one asks you. You do, you sometimes just don't say anything. Right, it would be in your best interest, but I, I just don't get it. It's just very annoying. But yeah, like you said, like with you know, with that, also with thinking about like Terry Crew, um, Terry Crews, yeah, and how he came out, you know, about being harassed or whatever. Uh-huh. And you know the guy was suspended, but the guy is back at work now. He has his job again, and See? so yeah. yeah. So it's like okay, so this you know man, his abuse you know isn't being taken seriously. So right. yeah, his allegations. So it's just just very um disheartening. So it is very disheartening. It's a problem, and um, it it. You know, I I feel like, you know, if you're going, if there's going to be this big revolutionary, you know, call to arms and whatever, then like, you know, then do that thing and do it right. And don't, um, you know, you can't, you know, skirt around certain people because of whatever. And I, and I agree with Lena Dunham, especially, but even with Meryl Streep, who I've, uh, who I admire as an actress, I admire her work, all of that, but mm-hmm. let's be clear, like, People, everybody had to be complicit on some level because you don't have a Harvey Weinstein without all these other people allowing him to exist, you know? And so it's just, um, it's just disingenuous. And I hate, that's just one of my least favorite <laughs> things is just when... when stand it, up in stand your up, beliefs. Yeah. If yeah. you are trash, stand up and admit you're trash. Like, don't like you're an awful person like just stand up and whatever your belief is like don't you know like what is what's that saying you know like hit me and then hide your hand or whatever right like right. don't do that yeah so yeah. it's 
it's an it's annoying yeah the golden globes in general i i didn't watch them i saw like pieces of it i don't want oprah to be president so stop please everyone just stop (laughs) please stop right you know i don't want her to be president and why in the world would oprah want to be president when she is oprah why would she give up being oprah to be president right to do that to do that like her life is so much better (laughs) yes yes and i was just like it's not it's it's ridiculous i was just like she she and i'm I'm pretty sure that she knows that so i'm not too worried about her um but yeah i was just like this this is ridiculous you know yes like everybody loves oprah everyone's got a big you know the america's got a love for oprah let's just leave it at that like yeah she can just still be oprah and we can still all be us and you know like that's there the two things are not this not the same thing like yeah it's it's, it's so crazy but yeah so golden globes the yeah. movies yeah um yeah so um I wasn't really going to, I'm not going to talk about them and wait, tell me everything because um, I did not watch them. I Like I said, I saw parts, I saw people on the red carpet in their dresses, the controversy with the three people who didn't wear black and people shaming them. Um, Sterling Brown winning, um, which is glorious. Love, love him. him. Love him so much. I love his wife. I love his TV wife. Like just their magic and thank god this is us is back oh my god did you watch it last night i watched it or whenever this morning before i kind of got going and so good just a magnificent show i love that show good i was like how can it get better oh they just did i cannot i cannot like they are it's raising the, the bar every yeah. episode it's and just again makes me cry every episode and laugh and yeah. go what so yeah yeah. It's... <laughs> yeah all of that all of that yeah, it's just so good the writing's so good and it's just so okay so enough yeah. about that i'm really though <laughs> looking forward to oscar announcement so you know in two weeks or whenever when those Uh announcements are made please know that my wait tell me everything was pretty much gonna consist of that (laughs) i'm very excited yes oh can't wait so starting my movie watching in earnest yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna take some cues from the golden goat nominees because they're often you know a precursor um Mm -hmm. and so um and i'm actually surprised there was a handful of them that i'd already seen uh because i felt like i haven't done enough movie watching this year but uh i was like oh okay Mm -hmm. i've actually the ones the few that i have seen are on the list so okay great i know your movie buddy is gone my movie buddy's in atlanta (laughs) i don't like it Uh, it's fine yeah it's not fine (laughs) it's great i'm a peach Oh, uh, mm, mm, mm. Okay. Wow, is that hissing? Yeah, that was hissing. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay, Voldemort. Like, what is happening here? <laughs> I, hey, Harry spoke parcel tongue too. Don't forget. Uh, okay. Yes, because it was the Voldemort in him. Anyway, <laughs> it was the devil in him. Ooh, okay. okay. So, Dang. so okay. Anyway, moving on. Wait till yes. everything. 
mm-hmm. couple things. I know you've heard of at least one of them, but I don't know if you've heard of the new development or the new kind of thing that's happened. So H&M has lost their dang mind. Oh, that little boy in that ridiculous sweatshirt. I was like, really? Oh my gosh! That, you know it made me think of our mutual friend who would not buy anything. As soon <laughs> as I saw it, I thought of her and how she will not allow her children to wear anything that has a monkey on it. It's like adamant about it, and yes. I was like, I ain't mad at her, but I was like, Mm-mm. you know, whatever, because like that is a thing. And so sure. yeah, this cute little boy, little so black boy cute. in a hoodie with the coolest monkey in the jungle and then a little white boy standing next to him kind of looking at him with a like survival like sweatshirt or something like that Uh on and it was just like (sighs) I was so upset because first of all really 2018 like still still and I love H&M and so on the very like um selfish like um kind of you know surface Christian like being a horrible person I was mad because I'm like <laughs> but I like it Janelle right right Stop. like where am I gonna get my like cheap little $28 yeah, cheap like, dress that I can like right. throw on <laughs> I, I, I swear like that's what I have like a bunch of them and yes. it's so great because there's just like black, gray, whatever. And I just slip them on, like look together, put on like different jewelry and shoes. And I'm like, bam. Right. So I'm so like, because I'm done. Because they're, oh, they yeah. can, they're they still keep, going back. No, they can keep their little sad apology and all that. Because I was like, I know that they're a European um, base. I think they're Swedish com- company. Yeah. I know it's a European co- country, but I was like, Black people being associated with monkeys is not just an American thing. Europeans know mm-hmm. it too, because that's why they, they throw bananas at soccer at the soccer players, field, yeah, at the black players. I was like that. So the monkeys being associated with black people is not just an American thing. That's mm-hmm. like a global thing that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. So when they did that, you know, people knew in the room. Like, so they I don't know if they did it for you know, controversy or like, uh-huh. you know, they're like, we don't care. Like, we can do what we want. I don't know, but I was like, I am done because that apology, you could keep it. It doesn't mean anything. So, also with all, with all the controversy and people like kind of reacting to it, uh, people were questioning, you know, the company, how they allow this to happen and blah, blah, blah. But people were also wondering, like, where were his parents? Because he's a minor, he's a child. The parents had to be there, uh-huh. had to like, you know, prove this, you know, be it whatever. And so, did you see the mother's response? The mother. I did happen to catch that. Just I early. I couldn't believe it either. What? And here's the thing: like, I oh, was first of all, let me go back. So the mother basically responded, "Get over it, and stop crying, wolf, all the time." She says, "I don't really under. I really don't understand, but not because I'm choosing not to. It's just not my way of thinking. Sorry." So she doesn't see anything wrong with it, and she doesn't understand why people are so offended. Yeah, and I'm here's my thing. She's allowed to feel however she feels about it. She's allowed to have whatever opinion. 
I don't under, I, you know, t- speaking of not understanding, like she doesn't understand what other people see. I don't understand how she couldn't see or doesn't or chooses not to, as she puts, to mm-hmm. see it that way. So, okay, you're, you're, I was like, that's, that to take a whole lot of effort on my part to choose not to see what is obvious there. Mm-hmm. And she's um, Kenyan and lives in Stockholm now. Right. And that's what I was going to say. Like, you know, she, she's, um, she's, also um Swedish or whatever or at least you know living in Sweden or whatever mm-hmm. um and um but even I you know even before her she came out and made that statement I was like you know whether the parents were there and were like didn't see a problem or or didn't catch it or maybe they didn't show them the final product you know because that's often mm-hmm. how modeling works you know they like yeah those they're going to switch that sweatshirt to several different colors and several different things on the mm-hmm. model, you know, just with Photoshop or whatever. Um, so, I, you know, I was I was thinking along those lines. But I was like, the point is moot. It doesn't matter whether the mom was for it, against it or whatever. H&M, as a company, put a little black boy in a shirt that says coolest monkey in the jungle and mm. and, and then want to act like, Oh what? Oh people, we sorry, we didn't mean for any. No, nope, no sir, not today, not today. No, <laughs> like not a, not again, like, on today, not on today, not in 2018. We're not Are you gonna come for, for your little boys Mm-mm. talking about monkeys? My coolest monkey. I don't care what kind of monkey. He ain't, he ain't no kind of yeah, monkey. Yeah, you made it better because he's a coolest monkey, right? He's still a monkey. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, we ain't doing monkeys. No, not like not all oh, just blatant like that. Oh, uh-uh. no, you yeah, can keep so that. It's just, oh, just shocking and jarring. So, it's so stupid, so dumb. Okay, yeah. so, so that was kind of that. The other thing that I saw, and it's kind of like, um, did you see Serena on the cover of Vogue with her precious baby girl? No, I saw an article that alluded to her being on the cover of Vogue, but I didn't, I was like, where's the cover picture? And then I got distracted by something else and I forgot to go look for the cover picture. So I have to do that. Gorgeous. Her in like this red dress and then the baby Alexis Olympia, who is just, again, like a precious angel. And it's like her little, little baby feet. And she's just like looking like, here I am. My debut on the cover of Vogue. And I'm a baby. Like, I think she was wearing no zipper. <laughs> so, like, she's like a few months old and like on the cover of so Vogue. So like, cute. So cute. So, basically, the article, you know, it's a bunch of pictures of her and the baby. Uh-huh. Um, her with her mom and sisters. Um, another one with her and like Venus and her and her husband. So, it's really cute. Um, and in the, you know, she's talking about her marriage, she's talking about motherhood uh-huh. and how that's changed her. One of the things she talks about, um, also is, you know, kind of returning back to the court and how like she really hasn't been, you know, she's been all into the mothering thing and she really hasn't uh-huh. been practicing and how she's kind of gradually for uh, during the interview, she did, you know, play a little bit with her dad. Uh-huh. Um, but like not really, you know, kind of giving it <laughs> her uh-huh. all. But you know, she is, you know, um, you know, looking to return because she's like she's not like after the baby. She's like my, like my passion is now kind of somewhere else now with this baby, uh-huh. and you know, I still have 
to drive because she's, you know, she's like her current kind of goal is to at least surpass the record for the most grand slams. So that record is 25 and she's currently at 23. Okay. So, so yeah. she's real close. She's really close. So she was like, you know, that she's not going to, you know, say like that's not a goal. So that is her her um goal to to at least do that. Uh-huh. Um although she was just saying like, you know, her and she's basically kind of talked a little bit about how um she doesn't feel like anyone has kind of taken her spot. She was like, it's not like one other person kind of dominating things. Like it was kind of a toss up. So she's like, that uh-huh. kind of makes her feel a little better uh-huh. too, because it's not like you know, uh-huh. there's no like one strong person she has to right. do. It's kind of like random. So she's like, you know, so that make you know, kind of like that makes her feel like a little better. Like the right. new taking her spot while she's right. gone, you know, being a mother. Um, but I, the one thing that I thought was just like kind of made me think about other um, things about health, and that's probably the article you saw. Or when she talked about the complications she had after yeah. giving birth. And so she had a C-section and that went fine. But uh-huh. she was saying the next day while she was recovering, she felt, um, she suddenly felt short of breath. And so she's had a history of blood clots, you know, uh-huh. in, the, in the past. And, um, you know, it's something that she's always kind of like very fearful about. I think she had to sit out, you know, a while from tennis because of it. Right. And so um, she said that she went to the nurse. She didn't want to scare her mother who was in the room. So she kind of left the room and went to the nearest nurse. And she was kind of gasping and told the nurse, um, yeah, I think I'm having like, I have like another pulmonary embolism. Right. Um, I'm short of, you know, kind of like I'm short of breath. Like I need um, a CT scan with a contrast and IV and some blood thinners. She like told them, sure. I need a CT scan, I need some blood thinners. And the nurse was kind of like, like kind of um, discounted her, like symptoms, saying like, oh, it's just the pain medicine making you confused. Right. So, you know, she was like, she was, you know, kind of insisted and they did an ultrasound on her legs. Um, right, which is not the same thing. Right. And she was CT like, scan. yeah, she was like, she told him, she's like, um, I was like a Doppler. I told you I need a CT scan and a heparin drip. Right. And so she told the team that. So finally they did the ultrasound. Nothing was on the ultrasound. And so then they sent her for a CT finally. And sure enough, she had several small blood clots that were in her lungs. Uh-huh. And so, of course, minutes later, she was on the drip, and she was like, "I t- I was like, they need to listen to Doctor Williams, you know, kind of uh-huh. like I know what's going. I know my body. I know, I know my body. Like, you know, could you please do this?" And right. so, um, then they're saying, you know, after even, you know, so it just made me think about like when you're in a hospital, like how like people just really have to advocate for themselves. Yes. And then, like, especially like, you know, there's a whole lot of research around like African Americans. Um, especially women and like people not believing their symptoms and you know not taking them seriously where you know in some cases if there's a pain issue they're thinking oh you just want the drugs or you know like Uh it's not in her case but like just not you know believing people when they tell you they have symptoms so like I just thought about that and if she wasn't you know assistant like she could have died and so that was just you know just like blew me away and then she talks some more about how 
this whole thing, the complications basically lasted a week. Um, Cause after that um, she, you know, because of the coughing uh, caused by the blood clots, um, her C-section wound popped open and then uh, she started hemorrhaging. So they had to have, she had to have surgery and, and you know, there was uh, all this stuff. So she was, you know, basically, you know, talking about how like, you know, everything kind of seemed, you know, like fine at the beginning, but then just things kind of just went to hell right. um, the, the six days after. And, you know, just, just reminded me of like the importance of like just advocating for yourself and getting second opinions and like, yeah, if you're in the hospital, just being insistent, like, no, yes. I still don't feel right. You know, this yeah. is not right. Yeah. And I think it's so, it's, it's huge. I mean, you, you know, I work in healthcare. I work at a hospital. I work at a really good hospital with great nurses, really good doctors, uh, people who uh, I believe are very compassionate, excellent caregivers. And even in that setting, you have to advocate for yourself. You have to be able to push the issue that, you know, when, when you know what it is that's happening, especially if you have a history of something and you know what it looks like, what the onset of certain symptoms mean for you and your body, mm-hmm. and you know what the treatment is, you know what's worked in the past, um, it's, it's a whole lot of advocating for yourself. And, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and there's research that's been done that says, you know, that when it comes to uh, pain tolerance, there's, you know, there's actual studies that doctors often take for granted that um, African Americans somehow are more tolerant of pain and don't believe, you know, that their nine out of 10 pain scale is really a nine, you know? Now, <laughs> I know that as African Americans, we have endured so much. <laughs> right, but we don't And that we have to. a high tolerance <laughs> for right. pain and discrimination <laughs> and just people not acting right. All right, but we ain't signing up for it, yo. Like, we don't. Right. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, look, I, I, I'll take a little bit of that uh, pain medication. You know, hit me up with some of that morphine, please. Because, you know, I'm not, you know, I might, I might could endure it a little better than you can, but I'm not trying to. So, how about you go ahead and. Start that drip. Right. Pass me no mid. So, yeah. Yeah. So, all that. You know, so I think, you know, I because I see it, I see it every day with just, just regular old patients who are like, no, 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 you know, and who either have to advocate for themselves or hopefully have a family member who's there and very aware and articulate and able to advocate on their behalf. Um, you know, especially if, especially if you're in a condition where you can't, you know, you're not feeling your best and, you know, it's great to have a family member there who can do that work for you. Um, but so I see it happen every day with just regular people. And so I, you know, and again, I mean, here you have Serena Williams, um, you know, she's got all the money and influence in the world or whatever. An elite athlete who has right. access so, to like, like the you best know, healthcare and exactly. Yeah. And again, someone who you would think a medical professional would trust that if anybody knows their body, it's somebody whose entire livelihood is based on their health and their body. Right. Um, you know, and, and yet she's being questioned, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, it's you know it's and straight up it, it, no not just questioned but straight up dismissed 
Right, exactly. Where we're just gonna not do what you ask. We're just gonna do this other thing to placate you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, a, an ultrasound is not a CT scan. It's not even close. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's just ridiculous. So anyway, um, it's it's it is. I think it's a very important. I'm really glad that she shared that, and that mm-hmm. you know, it, it it's something that we're. Um, that you know just to bring attention to it that you know people do need to know that um the doctor does not necessarily know best and uh if you if you feel that something isn't working in your best interest you need to advocate as you know as best as you can for yourself and and if you're you know and if it turns out that you know you're wrong then fine but at least you know you, you you took every precaution. I want you, you to know, explore all the options. All the options, you know, and um, yeah, I it's, watched it's critical. I see how you guys come up to with a diagnosis. <laughs> that I watched. <laughs> I watched House. Look, it's a I know. You I watched all seasons of ER and mm-hmm. House. Um, I know how a hospital works, yo. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. So, <laughs> yeah, so that was good. So, yeah, like you're saying, like, the awareness, like, already, like, I'm seeing, like, after her sharing that, and I think it was released yesterday or today, like, all these articles coming out where people are talking about that. So I think that's, like, really good, and, like, it's really great that this article, she was able to, like, kind of start this other conversation about that, so... Yeah, so yeah, it's huge. And also just speaking of awareness, I think it's so important that this is the kind of thing that really brings awareness about people sharing their stories, people um, like Serena Williams, um, whether it's, you know, wherever your celebrity or your influence comes from. um, When people like that share their stories, things actually happen not and I feel like it's so much more impactful than like, you know, all the little like dumb campaigns, you know, that are like, here put like a heart on your Facebook thing for like awareness of like whatever you know it's just like that doesn't do anything like I don't it's like everyone's like why is that oh it's supposed to be awareness about like xyz oh okay and that does not start a conversation or you know move any I feel like it doesn't to me it doesn't move the the pendulum and yeah because like I'm aware like there's awareness and then there's action there's and action think, and there's discussion, which yeah, I think is what really discussion then action, yeah, yeah, you know. So, um, so you know, kudos to Serena Williams for mm-hmm. you know for really being transparent because she didn't have to tell that story. She really she did. That, she she could have kept that to herself, but she was like, you know, that she's her her doing that is going to save somebody's life. It really is, and that's just that's just amazing. So. God bless her and that cute little baby of hers. And the cute baby. So sweet. So oh, cute. And like she's she's very knowing, I think, already. Like she knows that she's <laughs> made she's of like, greatness. Like she's like yeah. you know, on part she's gonna be friends with Rumi and Sir, I'm sure. And so like, yeah, I'm sure there's already been already been playdates. But yeah, she's very like <laughs> knowing. Look at her like, yes, I am, you know, I descend from greatness. Yeah. <laughs> My name is freaking Olympia. Like, yeah, yeah. My mom like, thought, like, what name? <laughs> right. What name can I give this child? child. Of, yes. of promise. <laughs> yes. You know, my father invented, like, founded Reddit, co founded Reddit, and my mother's, like, the best athlete in the world. 
I am their child. And yeah, right. so it's totally like she's very, look, she looks very knowing. Like, yeah, she's like three months old, but she's just very knowing already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's like, how you will your baby gonna come out woke? Mm-hmm. She's like, mm hmm, yes. I see you. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, personal stuff, like what's been going on with your week? You talked about last week a big thing happening. Yes, so um, so we mentioned last week we recorded on Wednesday instead of Thursday because on Thursday I was having my procedure for my Achilles heel um, injury uh, and I did have the procedure on, on last Thursday and it has been more than a notion. <laughs> it's so, um, it's been so painful. I mentioned at the top of the episode, it's been... Um, really um humbling i've been i did i did follow doctor's orders so basically uh the procedure was what's called a prp injection so that stands for uh, platelet-rich plasma and the way that it works is that uh the doctor takes a vial of your own blood um so that it's just a, dr- a blood draw and then they take that um that vial and they put it in a centrifuge machine where it's you know they spin it around and it separates out the the platelets, um, and the plasma, and um, uh, and then they take that plasma and inject it back into um, wherever you have your injury. And so, in my case, it was an injection into my Achilles heel. So, if that doesn't sound like fun to you, you're just no fun. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. So that's what I had done, and. It was as painful as I thought it would be, uh, and I was definitely very worried about it. I am a wimp when it comes to pain. I have a very low threshold, so um, thankfully, um, one of my good friends came with me to the whole ordeal and held my hand through the whole thing, and mm-hmm. uh, I actually, I will say that if nothing else uh this whole like from Thursday afternoon through till Sunday afternoon I was very well taken care of by so many people from um, um, our, our circle of friends and my church family prim- really primarily my church family and so I am um, I mean because I couldn't the doctor's orders were three days of bed rest essentially he was like you're allowed to walk to the bathroom and you're allowed to walk to the kitchen to get food and that's all that you're allowed to do and I live on a live in a condo that's a second story walk up and I have a dog (laughs) so both of those (laughs) things you know were were like mainly the dog in particular needed to be taken care of and so I, I had just the whole schedule of friends who came through three times a day Friday, Saturday, and Sunday mm-hmm. um, to come walk the dog and to, you know, I mean, you know, get bring me food. Um, you know, one of our good friends brought me breakfast Sunday, had like a nice sprawling breakfast. You know, it just, it was wonderful. It was just all the love, mm-hmm. all the everything, um, and just really feeling blessed and grateful for mm-hmm. that. So, um, and then I went and, you know, the, after I, I did my three days of bed rest, I was, you know, to go back to work on Monday and I did, and I have just been hobbling around. Like I am just <laughs> gimpy McGimpster. 
like all up and down the hallways. Again, I work at a hospital. I walk around a lot for my job, back and forth to patient rooms, um, back and forth to my emergency department, which is my like primary responsibility. And so I've just been limping all over the place and it's really very tiring. At the end of the day, I'm super exhausted just just for the sheer effort of how how hard it is to get from one place to the next. Um, but I am getting better, I have to say. Today makes a week since the procedure, and you're supposed to see start seeing results after three weeks. So I think this first week was really basically all about recovery from the procedure itself. Mm-hmm. And then the next two weeks, uh, the hope is that the original injury will be be receiving the benefits of the injection and the healing of the blood that was injected back and that it'll return my heel to baseline. So that is the hope. We shall see. Um, (laughs) Sounds good. Yeah. So that was good. And then um, the only other thing that I wanted to share, which is such a ridiculous and funny story. Mm. Uh, as you know, mm-hmm. I, have, I have a cat and a dog. I should say, I have a dog, and the dog has a cat. Mm-hmm. And their names are the Colonel and Her Majesty. The Colonel is the dog, and Her Majesty is the cat. And I love them. They are mm. so sweet and loving. And when they, they want to be. When they want to be, and they make my life richer. And I come home to them, and all is good with the world. But last week, when we finished our podcast recording last Wednesday night, I wrapped up all my, you know, got all as as you know, got all my things together. Went back in the house again. I'm recording in in the car in my garage, so gathered all my stuff and made my way back. And the whole time, my plan had been that after we podcast. <laughs> I'm going to go back home, let the dog out one last time, and I'm going to eat the red velvet cupcake from Susie Cakes that was left from all the cupcakes that I had bought for New Year's Eve. And there were actually two cupcakes. There was a chocolate one and a red velvet one. They're both in a, a Tupperware container that were sitting on the counter on the island in my kitchen. And so... I walked back to the to my place, went upstairs. I took the dog out. Of course, he met me at the door. His leash was right there. So I was like, you know what? Since I'm already dressed, let's just go. Took him out. And he's just out with me, acting like everything's cool, you know. <laughs> and I think everything's cool because, you know, I don't know any better. And we go for a little walk. I bring him back inside. And initially, I walked through the kitchen, but I wasn't ready for the cupcake yet so I was on you know I went to go change I don't know what I did but I was like you know I went and got comfortable and I was like all right time for my cupcake let me go to the kitchen and get me my cupcake I walk in the kitchen and I don't see the container on the counter where I last had seen it Mm -mm -mm. and I was like hmm did I move it? Like, you know, you know how, like, sometimes you're doing question stuff. Question yourself. I did. I questioned myself. 
maybe I moved, you know, but I was like, no, you know, when I came home, I was tired. I had to get ready for the podcast. So I like ate something really quick. I went back over my articles. I didn't move anything around. And so I look over to the other two counters. And as I'm scanning the room, it occurs to me that it's very possible that my cupcakes have been stolen. So I go on a hunt for the container because it's nowhere to be seen. And it's not in the kitchen. I look in the living room. It's not there. And I walk back to the den. And sure enough, sitting on the floor of the den, on the hardwood floor, is my empty Tupperware container with the cling wrap that had been wrapped around it just completely unwrapped. Like the the cling wrap is just undone. And, like, just unfolded all around the Tupperware. And the Tupperware is just sitting there completely empty with not any sign that there were ever any cupcakes in there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There is, I mean, not even the paper. Like, the entire, everything is gone. Mm -mm -mm. See, I, I too, was a victim. (laughs) You were. And they left so much evidence. They did. I thought they were, I think they were trying to um, be a little bit better at covering up their crimes. Right. They remembered they're a cat and a dog. Right, right. So the only thing that they could have done better was return the bowl to the original location. And obviously they weren't able to pull that off. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So (laughs) I was so hot. Oh, I was so mad because, you know, I had my mouth was set. My mouth was set and ready. My taste buds were set and ready for some red velvet with the cream cheese icing. Mm-hmm. I was. The cakes has the best red velvet. <sighs> they have the best. It's they're like they're my favorite red velvet cupcake in LA. Like they do mm-hmm. it so well. So I was like, damn it! <laughs> I was so angry, and I turned around. And I was like, Colonel. And, of course, he sees me, and he, like, goes, runs, and hides, tucks his tail in his ears. You know, I was like, I can't. Like, I was like, I can't even look at you. And the thing is, the cat is complicit, too, because there's Mm -hmm. no way that – here's the thing. The colonel can get on the kitchen counter, but I don't believe that he got on the kitchen counter because there are other things on there. He would have knocked down. He would have knocked a bunch of other stuff down, and – I'm really grateful that it wasn't him that got on the counter because if he'd knocked down my little vase from Italy, we would have had, we would, he would have, he, I'd, he'd be homeless right now. So, um, so that's on the counter. There's like, you know, a jug on the counter, mm-hmm. There's a bunch of other stuff that he's not graceful enough to pull that off. Mm-mm. What I believe happened this time, which is the same thing we believe happened to your dessert when you were in town back in November. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that the cat gets up on the counter and she's graceful enough to pretty much walk through anything and that she pushes whatever the item is, in this case, my container with cupcakes, off the island. Because, you know, cats like to push things off the island. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then he receives it down on the floor and he picks it up, takes it into the den and has his way with it. Because she doesn't eat sweets. Like, cats don't... Cats actually... Interesting fact. Cats only have savory taste buds. They don't have sweet taste buds. So they don't... They don't really care for 
I mean, they might eat something just for the sake of eating it, mm-hmm. but they're not looking for sweets like dogs are. Um, so, yeah, so I'm pretty sure that that's how it went down. And so they are just like straight up Bonnie and Clyde. They are. They are. It's, um, I, you know, and I was like, and, and, and what really made me mad about it, other than the fact that I was, I was like, again, I was set and ready to eat my cupcake, was that he did it out of spite. Both of them did it out of spite because those cupcakes had been sitting there. (laughs) (laughs) Those cupcakes had been sitting there since Wednesday. And I, I mean, I'm sorry, that was Wednesday that this happened. They had been sitting there since Monday. Mm -hmm. I had had, there's originally three of them that were left over after I gave a bunch of them away. And I, over the course of the, you know, I'd eaten one of them between Monday and Tuesday. So between Tuesday and Wednesday, there were two left. They'd been there. They had been sitting there in that exact same spot. And the only reason they decided to steal them is because they were pissed that I didn't pay them any attention when I got home. Because like I said, I was tired. I needed to get ready to podcast. So I like did like bare minimum with them and like went back out the door. And so that is why they did it. Just mm-hmm. to be spiteful, not because they were like fiending for some cupcakes that have been sitting there for three days already. They're like, "Oh, we know what she's gonna do when she come back in here, right? She gonna eat that cupcake, but then you know it's not gonna be here because I'm gonna eat mm-hmm. it." Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, you so you just gonna walk in here and kind of half say hello? You've been gone all day? Oh, okay. Mm-mm. Watch. This is so, how it's going down." Yeah, so that's that's what actually made me the most upset was that it was you know <laughs> that it was the motive was so uh, so 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 wrong. Um, so anyway, um, that is my let's get personal. Um, <laughs> I'm on the men. My ankle, my heel is on the men, and my dog and cat are cute, but they suck sometimes. Mm-mm-mm. I was so mad. So mad. What happened to me? Had a delicious dessert from Italy. I was just all oh, uh-huh. just bad plans for that thing. Uh-huh. They ate it. Yeah. Okay. They sure did. So yeah. So for me. So again, as I've mentioned on the last, the previous three podcasts, I've been dealing with some car issues. So the biggest thing um, was finally resolved and taken care of. So. Huge sigh of relief, although I tried to tend to it on Monday, um, and I went to um, the government office to get it done, and I had to make arrangements and do all this kind of back and forth and just a whole lot of stuff to get to the place to get it done, and uh, found that the place was closed. Um, So on Monday... Um, Atlanta shut down because of a football game or as or the official excuse, icy um, weather conditions. Um, oh, they lying. They lying because there was, <laughs> they closed schools, at least school, two school districts closed. Fulton County and Cobb County closed on Monday. Wow. Yeah, I was checking on, you know, before I went out, I checked on the website to see if they were going to be open because Atlanta likes to, ever since that Carmageddon situation they had where people were stuck on the highway for hours, they really don't play with the weather or anything crazy because people uh-huh. get so upset. 
uh-huh. and blame the mayor and, and you know it's a bad situation the mayor doesn't want to hear it and the new mayor uh-huh. says, Keisha don't want to hear it either and Keisha don't want to hear it Keisha, don't Keisha, Keisha really don't really want to hear it Keisha really don't want to hear it I wish you would stop yeah, uh-huh. yeah. so they um, don't play so I looked on the website they said that they were closing early because of um, because of um, weather conditions huh. and um so i was like okay so the so just to back up a little bit i was um you know out of town um at the bestie's house and i can't remember why i was there oh i we, we had a meeting or something about something and so i was out there and i got uh-huh. i was too tired to drive back to atlanta so i just stayed and um, she had asked me to take the girls to school because they were having car trouble. And I was like, I can't because I have, I had a, ooh, I sneezed. I had a, thank you. I had a training I had to be at, at, gosh, like nine o'clock. So I was like, I have to leave here like at seven in the morning. Like I have to leave here super early. I can't drop the girls off. Uh-huh. And so I got, I checked my email before I left and they're like, it's canceled. You know, because the school districts are closed and because of, weather and I was like it looks fine to me so I was just confused I was like cool I can sleep in and then I can take the girls and whatever so that's Uh why I was like I had time to go take care of this car situation and they said you know on the website they were open until three I get there about 12 o'clock or something and I'm putting money in the thing and this guy was like hey hey beautiful hey and I was like what what is happening and he was like um (laughs) Oh, they closed. And I was like, excuse me? And so I did think it was strange that I could find parking on the street as well sure. as all the other people who were providing parking. <laughs> they were like, I did think that was weird because usually you can't find parking on the street. And I right, was like, right. okay, so I just lost $2 and I'm mad because y'all said y'all were closing at 3 and y'all closed, like, I guess no. So right. they're like, we just got to gotta close down. And so I was like, so I couldn't take care of that until Tuesday. Finally took care of it. Most of the car situation um, has been taken care of as of yesterday. So super happy about that. You know, one of three things with the car is resolved. So hallelujah. Other Amen. two, next one hopefully will be done by next week. The other two. Um, so um, So that was that. So... Yeah, so they're talking about icy conditions. Kids out of school for a snow day. There was not a single drop of snow. There was hardly any rain. And it it wasn't cold. It wasn't that cold. It wasn't cold enough to freeze. So, again, That's the reason enough. why it closed was because the National College Championship was in Atlanta on Monday. Uh-huh. Um, and in that area where, you know, downtown, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium is over there. There would have been massive traffic. Also, 45 came into town at about, I think he was supposed to, I think he got here at about 6 o'clock. So, you know, the motorcade and all that would have caused, you know, massive issues because he was coming from, he was coming from a ways, so it would have, you know, it would have just wreaked havoc on the traffic or whatever situation. So that's why. But my thing is, say what it is. Don't lie, Craig. You ain't right. gotta lie. Why you gotta lie? Why you gotta tell a story? Yeah, you ain't gotta lie. So that cracked me up. So I was just like, 
Yeah, because everybody's like, um, it ain't snowing. The kids are here for a snow day. There's no snow. Okay, uh-huh. sure. See, the last snow day was a real snow day. There's five inches of snow. This, they just tell the stories. Just telling stories. Shame yeah. on you. Yeah, so that was kind of interesting just to see, go through that whole thing. It was annoying, but whatever. Um, also, um, I went to, like, I've tried to, like, you know, just expand my network and horizon and do fun things. So I went to a meetup with some people um, in a group that I'm in, and we went to this kind of video game game um, um, restaurant, and we played Cards Against Humanity. It was fun. Uh, but the one thing that came out of that, and I keep encountering, uh-huh. I was like, I don't know if it's the water in Atlanta. I don't know what it is, but everyone is shocked by my age. I don't care <laughs> what it is. It's so hilarious to me. So, like, ever since I moved here, people were like, oh, you went to college 20 years ago? Um, how old are you? And I was like, I'm 41. You're 41? And, I mean, it's not just, like, non-black people. Black people, too. Like, it happened today. That One of the hysterical. girls was, saying, was asking me something. And I was like, oh, girl, you know, I'm too old for that. She's like, well, you're my age. I was like, I don't think so. I'm older than you. And, she, uh-huh. and I was like, I'm 41. She's like, what? Okay, I thought you were my age. Like, you're 30s. And I was like, okay. Again, like, everybody. Like, it's just kind of, it's I, it's just been hysterical to me. I just, like, cannot stop laughing. It's so funny. And I was like, what a way to brighten, me, brighten my day when I've been going through all this nonsense. So I was like, uh-huh. thank you. And so even today, like, you know, me and the change in the hair, people was like, oh, your hair looks different. Oh, I like the hair. And somebody said, like, oh, you look radiant. I was like, do I look radiant? I love it. Thank you. Great. Yeah. I'll take it. I wasn't going for radiant. I was going for presentable. Right. I was just trying to, yeah, not shame myself on the way out the door. But I'll take that. Because I did, you know, been doing the hair, been doing the makeup. I've been Uh experimenting with um, green and blue and purple lipstick. So, Uh yeah, and Uh some fun little, little earrings. So, yeah, I've been, yeah, having fun with fashion and makeup and stuff so and hair change my hair up yeah so that's been funny to me and like it just keeps being a recurring thing and also I know that's so great and also today it's such a sweet surprise so one of my mentors um from um this organization that I'm involved with um just sent me like a Facebook message out of the blue Asking if I like the Commodores, which I was like, that's a really strange uh-huh. kind of question, but sure. I was like, I do. I have very fond memories of my dad, you know, listening to Commodores and Lionel Richie and that kind of stuff. So I was like, yes, I do. And so she's like, okay, I'm going to send you something. And I was like, what is she going to send me? Lionel Richie and a, like, <laughs> <laughs> to sing a song? Like, right, a, little, a little songogram. Yeah, I was like, that would be cool. So um, today, um, I looked in my mail, and I opened it up, and it was an autographed Commodore's, like, poster. Oh, how cool. Yeah, it was all of them, like, autographed this poster. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to frame this and put it up somewhere. 
so cool. And she said, yeah, she got it from an estate sale. Um, and she just, you know, bought it and she just gets it to me. So I thought that was just very lovely. And it's so nice to just like have these connections with people and, mm-hmm. you know, people just kind of do like random acts and, you know, just like little pick me up. So I thought that was really sweet. So mm-hmm. I just kind of yes. made my day today. So I was like, oh, that's so sweet. That is. Yeah. That's really, really nice. Oh, good. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, last week I was just like, hmm, I am. So, yeah, <laughs> much better spirits. I want people so to glad. keep telling me how young I look. How radiant you are. And how radiant and amazing I am. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I yes. love it. I love it. So yeah, <laughs> love it, I love it, I love it. I know. So I have like a busy week next week, and um, yeah, um, looking forward to um, me and Andrea are in the same sorority, and our um Founders Day is coming up. So I'm looking forward to celebrating uh with some sores this weekend, and nice. so yeah, so that's you know kind of what I'm looking forward to next week and some fun kind of business things going on next next week. So, yeah, I feel I'm in a much better mood this week than I was last week. <laughs> I'm so glad. Well, you know, it's just, and that's the thing. I think it's important to remember that, you know, feelings are like songs on your iTunes, iPod. You know, you can just keep keep flipping if you don't like the one that you're on just keep flipping and you'll get mm-hmm. to a feeling that you like so um mm-hmm. so every day can every hour can be different and hopefully you're, you know you're not up and down all that like that but definitely from one week to the next things can definitely change so yeah so i just want to keep this going <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah so i feel... choose to stay on this station yeah i'm i'm choosing to stay on the station i think that's also part of the whole like hair and makeup thing because you know when you do that and like dress up because I like you know like kind of zhuzhed it up like yesterday I wore this cute little outfit and oh. um my friend my honey like coming he's like you look really nice today uh-huh. and I was like thanks because I have been like living in like sweatshirts and jeans uh-huh. and tennis shoes tennis shoes which really aren't me like they're fancy tennis shoes but still tennis shoes sure um, and so I just was like, you know what? I'm gonna do something with myself, <laughs> and I'll yeah. feel better. And it worked. It is true. It makes all the difference. It does. Just a little bit of effort you get a lot of product. A lot, yields a lot of you know good, good feelings. Mm-hmm. It's a true. It's true. It's a truism. All right, girl. All right, girl. I am tired. You are tired. Look, I'm I, I heard you just fall. That energy level just fell about ten percent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm like yawning and yeah. Well, it's late again. It's all it's super late. late by you. That's and okay. I gotta be up at um. It's so funny because I used to wake again. I used to wake up at five o'clock in the morning to go to work when I was in L.A. Mm-hmm. And um and usually I didn't do it because I was so tired. I would get up at six, which would be late. But. Yeah, now, like, waking up, I was like, oh, gosh, I have to be somewhere at 930. So, it's kind of like, yeah, and I was like, that's early. So, I was just like, yeah. So, yeah, I was like, I have to be across town, and um, 
And across town here is like 30 minutes. I have to be across uh-huh. town in, um, at 9.30 tomorrow, so for a, a training, so, Fun. which is great, which I'm excited about. I love it. So, Yay. you know, I'm excited to go, but it's still, like, early for me, so I do need to hit the hay, get some rest. All right. Well, hit the hay, girl. I will talk to you next week. All righty. Bye. Bye. Wait, Tell Me Everything is written and produced by Kristen and Andrea. Find us on iTunes, Pocket Cast, Google Play, and Overcast. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out. We're on Facebook, too, so give us a follow on our page. Questions, feedback, or a topic you'd like us to cover, email us at waittellmeeverything at gmail.com. <laughs>